In 2012, the United Nations created the inaugural World Happiness Report, in which they ranked all the countries in the world by factors they believe contributed to happiness, such as health, freedom, economic prosperity, and social support. It should come as no surprise that this country ranked first on that list. And what isn't to like? They ranked as having the world's highest social mobility, extremely high per capita income, the lowest perceived level of corruption of any nation, along with incredibly low income inequality. But since that initial report, they've now fallen all the way to second place on the World Happiness Report, trailing their fellow Scandinavian neighbor, Norway. But if there's anything that could boost the collective happiness of a nation and get them back to number one, it would be a deep run in the World Cup. Their main competition on the happiness report, Norway, won't have that chance, because once again they didn't qualify for the World Cup. But of course, today's nation did. And after missing out on the 2014 World Cup, they've qualified for 2018 in what is essentially a home tournament, as they are located less than a thousand miles from Moscow. This week on Joe Picks a World Cup Team, Denmark. Joe Picks a World Cup Team The state's no football, but not football it seems So now he needs a surrogate Dan will help him look for it They'll have decisions to make, like how much genocide's a deal break. Joe picks a World Cup team. He's crossing borders to find out who's for him. What more could you ask for? It's time to stamp your Joe picking passport. So grab your bottle and pour. Let's hope he doesn't start a war. Dan. We're back. We're I'm back. Not puking. Not not puking. Ready to podcast. How many days have you gone without puking, Joe? I mean, that was it. Our podcast was the last day of puking. Wow. Yeah. That's exciting. So that's what? Seven days? Mm-hmm. Ten days? Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's been a while. Uh, if you're Danish, is it like the best thing is that you made the World Cup and Norway didn't? Okay. First of all, Joe, you're... You're taking a little bit from Homeland Handbook. This was the first time we actually had an interesting one, and you've already <laughs> already spoiled that it's the, they're Danes who are Danish. But all right, but Norway actually, I looked it up. Norway doesn't really. I don't think Norway's qualified in quite some time. So there, Norway is big competition with them on this World Happiness Report. But Norway not really big competition in the World Cup. So I I don't think it's probably that big of a rivalry though. But I'm saying this is the only way for the Danes to leapfrog Norway. Well, I'll tell you, it was, they were like, you know, sometimes they do those like uh, speed skating or whatever, and it's like, or luge, and it's like hundredths of a point. On the World Happiness Index, or whatever, the report, Norway and Denmark are like like a hundredth of a point apart, and then there's like a big gap between whoever's third place, so I... it, they might not need very much to overtake Norway again. Have I told you that I know, like, the happiest man in America? <laughs> Have I told you this story? Okay, who's the happiest man in America? Okay, so the New York Times did, did this, like, it was based on all this Pew research of, like, okay, so the things that make you the happiest are 
Like the happiest person, okay, lives in Hawaii. People who live in Hawaii are happier than any other state. Um, is 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 Asian American for whatever reason? Okay, hmm. is Jewish? Is wow. over a certain age, but under a certain age, has children, is married, and um, has an income level over a certain amount. So they so they had all this research of just like what well, makes you the happiest person. Well, you had me going person. with everything until has children, Joe, because I have today. No, seen no, no, a snapshot. no, 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 has grown children. Ah, ah okay. there you go. And they did all this stuff and they found that there's literally one person in America who fits every single category and it's my friend Ari, it's his dad. Oh. Mr. Wong. And so the New York Times, they called him. I've met and- Ari. Yeah, so Ari's dad, the New York Times calls him and you can look at this article. It's um I forget his it's um it's Albert Wong. And and they call him up and he's like, yeah, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And then and then you know, poor Ari's like, like, yeah, you know how hard it is to buy a fucking Father's Day gift for the happiest man in America. <laughs> like, it's a lot of pressure. That's how well it, it's. On the other hand, it should be very little pressure because he's so happy. Like, you can't really get him a bad gift. It's not like you're going to destroy his happiness. You know, just go for it. If your dad is like super depressed, then you have tons of pressure because if you don't get a good gift, that could be it. You know. See, I think either extreme is a ton of pressure. If if your dad's too happy, what are you going to get to increase that happiness? Uh, you don't need to get anything. Perhaps a nice card with a handwritten note, Joe. No, no. If your happiness is up here, all you can do is disappoint at that point. I think a handwritten card always is good. <laughs> you know, if you really spend some time in the store and pick out just the right one. So, if 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 Mr. Wong were Norwegian, that might help him. On the world happiness stage. Yeah, or if he were a Dane, because it does flip-flop back and forth. I wonder where the happiest person in America, like where they are in relative happiness. Like, is the happiest person in America just like a sort of like bummed out person in Denmark? Uh, Absolutely. So America (laughs) ranks like outside of the top 10 on this scale. I mean, America is a complete disaster compared to the happiness you're getting in Scandinavia. Like... Everything why aren't more, got why aren't more Norwegians immigrating to America, Dan? <laughs> they don't want to. That would, that would be a huge downgrade. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The, the, I mean, the real question is, why don't more Americans go there? I, we should. Yeah, I'm ready. Maybe they stay so happy by having a little happiness exam on the way in, because I definitely, <laughs> I would fail. Oh, yeah, we'd all fail. It'd be a, it'd be a disaster. Even Mr. Wong would probably fail. <laughs> He's our only hope. We've got got to send him first. This is like what America is like. But they'll be like, how happy are you? And they'll be like, meh, I guess. My son already got me a bad gift, so meh. It kind of ruined things for me. Yeah, things were going really great. And then he got me that goddamn tie. What what would be a good gift for you, Joe, if I were trying to make you happy? Uh, Well, wait, are you like saying from like the perspective of my children? No, I'm saying from the perspective of you. Imagine I've sent you a box, and all that we're ranking is your happiness before opening the box, and then your happiness after opening the box. Like, what should be in that box? I mean, I don't know how you can put, like, free time and peace and quiet into a box. But if you could somehow get that into a box, that that would be it. Yeah, but I can't get that into a box. So what, what could be in the right. box? I think that's it. I mean... I mean, Wait, Joe, like, how about a handwritten card from me? That would make me very happy, Dan. Yeah, there you go. Two hours alone. 
well, if you want, we can just stop recording the podcast right now, and you can just go meditate for the next two hours. <laughs> Enjoy your... That's the problem. I would just fall asleep. Oh, poor Joe. Poor Joe. But enjoy. Well, let's get to the drink. Joe, I don't know Damn, if you're drinking, drinking the drink. Are you drinking it? Yeah, right here, buddy. All right. So here's what Sean says. He says, the national spirit of Denmark is aquavit, which translates to water of life. Sip on its own or try in the awesome Viking bloody or try in the awesomely named Viking blood cocktail. Carlsberg is a Danish beer if you feel like drinking terrible beer. When I was in Copenhagen, I went to a bar that served slow pour beer. It took 15 minutes to pour the beer, but in between, he got a free shot of Aquavit while waiting. The Aquavit was eye-watering, and the beer was average. And Dan, we already know the toast for a Scandinavian drink from our Vikings episode in our previous season, Dan. Do you remember? Nope. Skull. Skull. All right. I have not had a sip of it yet, but I have smelled it. As I poured it. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. I thought based on the smell, it would be like Zambuca because it has a very Mm anise-y smell. But it actually, it tastes like my version of it. Now, the thing is, when I went to the store, they actually had many varieties of it. This tastes like, um, like pickling juice. This tastes like the juice in like a pickle jar. Oh, yours is is salty, like briny. Yeah, yeah, a little briny. Oh, that's interesting. Mine is very clovey. Clovey. What kind did you get? I don't know. It's upstairs, but it mm. was it was the cheapest one. Yeah. <laughs> well, the one I got is actually brewed in Portland. I guess it's not brewed. I don't know what it is distilled, but I think it is. It is the of the three varieties. I thought it was the one that was most Denmark e because if you're looking at your Aquavit, here's a little. Helpful reminder, Joe. If you're looking at your Aquavit and it's golden color, that is not Denmark. That is something that you'd more commonly find in Norway. However, in Denmark, your Aquavit is clear. So I went with the clear one. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, yours is clear too. But again, there are lots of varieties of it. Was there um, a picture of a pickle on the bottle that you bought? No, the bottle's upstairs, but there might be a picture of a pickle on it. I don't know. Now that you think about it, huh? There could be. But I'll tell you, <laughs> after that sip, I was the, the flavor was so weird, but uh, I kind of want another sip. I, it's a very it's it's not bad, it's, but it's definitely um, you know, it's a very complex flavor. Well, as you may know, I mean, the area of Seattle that we live in is a very Scandinavian part of Seattle. So do you get Aquavit at the uh, the local bars? They just offer you the shots as your uh, you just your walk drinks in. being it's not mixed? Even, it's not even the local bars. Walking down the street, there's like people with, with trays walking around. Yeah, Boy, what's the happiness index like in Seattle? That's got to be good. Very high. Very high. Wow. Wow. I'll tell you, it's not that great in San Francisco. But you know what? Our three varieties are Aquavit are enough for me. I'm enjoying this. And you know what? Sean, who sent us the... Drink recommendation, of course, always. He gets to lead off the mailbag with his email. Sean says, hey, guys, great party episode. Drunk Dan is the best Dan. Something (laughs) Megan does not agree with. Congratulations on the engagement. I look forward to season three. Joe picks Dan's wedding cutlery. Ooh. (laughs) Believe me, Joe, we need a lot of of wedding advice. Uh, I'm glad Marcel approved my drink choice. 
Need episodic raccoon updates. I'm very concerned about his fate. I went to a Croatian bachelor party and had ratchka. It was delicious and was homebrewed by someone's dad and served out of a Johnny Walker bottle. Make a Croatian friend before that episode to get your hands on some. Enjoying season two. The running time is absurd, but worth it. Can't wait for the first three-hour <laughs> podcast. God, hopefully not tonight. Everyone who is anti-national anthem category needs to calm down. The stories and anthems are great, and I appreciate the musical intermission. Keep it up. Wow, nothing but positivity from Sean. Yeah, and Sean has two points in there, which I'm going to expand upon. First, I'll give the raccoon update. I have three points I'll expand upon. Wow. I mean, he's really hitting it out of the ballpark with this email. giving us a lot of fodder right now. And he's hitting out of the ballpark with his drink recommendations. In addition to this drink we're drinking right now, I mean, he nailed it with that Brazil drink. Marcelo. And that's, and that's pressure to, to recommend a one drink from an entire country and have a, a native of that country say, yep, that's absolutely right. And I'm not going to lie. After Marcelo listened to the episode, he did critique some of our fans' emeritus's on theirs. So the sampling that he heard, he agreed with. But when he listened to the podcast, he had some notes. Oh, some notes. interesting. But I told him he had to write it in email. Otherwise, I wasn't going to read it. And he didn't. Nope. So he's out. Oh, tough luck. But anyways, Raccoon update. Raccoon has not been seen since that last podcast, but I'm still living in fear. Uh, but it has not been seen. I don't know. I mean, I'm really scared. That it's going to appear randomly, but <laughs> it has not. Number two. Wait, hold on. Can I give a little raccoon update? You have a raccoon update? Well, it's just an interesting fact that I learned about raccoons because of our podcast. On our podcast message board, which exists, m- many of you may may not know, uh, there was uh, a conversation about raccoons. And apparently raccoons don't exist in the United Kingdom. Really? They do not exist. So we had First of all, our... I didn't know we had a message board. Second of all, this is shocking. I assume raccoons are everywhere. <laughs> so we had our our British fans saying, what the hell is a raccoon? <laughs> oh my god, that's crazy. And then and then super fan or fan emeriti, fans emeriti, Karsten posted a picture of a raccoon, but he picked a picture of the raccoon standing on its hind legs. And so now I think our British fans think that that's how raccoons walk around. Oh, which, they kind of do walk around like that sometimes. No, I mean, they, but but like like they're they're like ninety percent of the time posture is on all fours, and so now I just think that they they think of them as like small bears, not big rodents. Hmm. You know, I would say that when they're moving around, they move around on all fours. But I think when they're stationary, they're often sort of on their hind legs with their hands, like, you know, reaching into shit and, like, doing shit. Okay, I mean, the picture that Karsten posted, though, it looks like that's just how he walks around. Yeah, they no, I honestly think they do walk around. I think they're exactly like bears. I think bears are the same way, where they walk around on all fours, and then, like, when they get to points of interest, they sort of go up on their hind legs and, you know, no, fuck shit I've up. I've never seen a raccoon walk on, on their hind legs. They can stand like that. I've never seen a bear walk, like walk on its hind legs. Well, of course bears walk on their hind legs. They like they can like run on their hind legs. What are you talking? No, they don't. They run on all fours. Okay, well, they don't run, but they can like saunter on their hind legs. No, no. You don't know what you're... All right. I'm, I'm going to go talk to my zookeeper friend who works at the bear area of the San Francisco Zoo. Bears are not walking around on their hind legs. Well, ask about sauntering, too. Okay. Well, the point is, I think raccoons can saunter on their back legs if they want to. If bears well, I, can do it, raccoons can do it. I think bears can, raccoons cannot. All right. Well, I'll ask. <laughs> Which? 
I mean, we're going to, okay. So, I mean, we're already ensuring a, a new raccoon report. In the but next I also episode. wonder, okay. So the question is, I, I honestly don't think you can saunter on four legs. So the question is, can a bear saunter and can a raccoon saunter? Because you can't saunter on four legs. Absolutely not. I yeah. mean, I mean, I, I would like to see someone try, but I don't think it's possible. No, it's not possible. The, uh, so after some digging, we found that not only are raccoons not native and do not exist in the UK, but they're actually highly, highly illegal because they don't want to like introduce raccoons into the no. raccoon population. You put one raccoon the, there, that thing's going to breed like crazy. Well, you well, probably would need two. two. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unless it's like a Jurassic Park scenario, because nature finds a way, but yeah. know, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number two. Boy, Sean's email is really hitting out of the park now. So great. He says, congratulations on my engagement. And thank you, Sean. And as is true, this engagement news was first recorded recorded and reported on the podcast literally i, I said yeah. it on the podcast before i told any other person dan your sister still doesn't know i i did know <laughs> i did the day after the podcast while you both were very pale and taking sick days i did talk to her but in the meantime i'm going to rank the order of people who got back to me so here is our like our super fan index of people who listen to the podcast the first person to email me congratulations Karsten. Wow. Look at that. Karsten was right on it. I think he did it like that night. Then the next day. Before you even released it, which is creepy. (laughs) Well, maybe you told. Well, I guess you would have had to call him that night right after the podcast. You called him. Uh, Number two, Josh. Good work, Josh. He was right on it. Then Sean, who sent this email. Then number four, your sister, Joe. Oh, wow. She was right on it. Then number five. David's girlfriend. And then who told David, who then talked to me. And then last but not least, super fan Tony, who finally. Well, Tony, I think, was recovered. Tony Apparently, was traveling internationally. Yeah, he was in Korea for the Olympics. <laughs> it's no excuse. I don't know. I'll tell you. One thing I've noticed about Tony, though, in this Olympic trip, he sent me a, a, a TV thing where they were like on TV during the Olympics. So, basically, when I went to the NFL draft with Tony, as we did during the last podcast, he got on TV there. He goes to the Olympics, they get on TV. He and his lovely wife. I mean, wow. this is crazy. I was, I was just talking to someone uh, who came back from the Olympics who has been to, like, the last, like, six Olympics, other than Russia, because he's gay. So, that wouldn't have worked out well. Yeah. But um, he said this one ranked very, very high. Really? In terms of quality. Yep. Good for Korea. Good for mm-hmm. Korea. They did a good job, apparently. And anyways, uh, one more point before I get to point number three. This is like sub point B of the engagement thing. Shout out to David, who David's players to watch for Argentina and Brazil both scored Champions League goals on Wednesday, Joe. And Dan, one Dan, of those goals, literally. Dan, I will walk out of this podcast right now. <laughs> so the Brazilian one, Gabriel Jesus. And Joe, do you... Do you remember the Argentinian player to watch? No. <laughs> there was no Argentinian player to watch. The problem is I forgot his first name, but I know his last name's Dybala. And I'll tell you, he is smarmy. He is fast. I am, I, I, that's the first game I watched him play. 
I am going to be excited to watch him in the World Cup. He, he Dan, put I'm on moving a very Argentina to the show. no category. <laughs> anyway. Not really. But I still love Pochettino. You can but... be a good sport about DeBall. I mean, you have to tip your cap to his performance in that game. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not ready to talk about that game. Okay. Well, hopefully in this Denmark episode, we can come up with perhaps a player that you are more friendly with. But we'll get to that a little bit later. Final point of business from Sean's email. He says he's looking for the three-hour episode. Joe... I say our episodes are too damn long, and I have an idea. Now, hear me out. I'm not, I don't want to throw the whole podcast away. I want to keep the podcast. But I've heard some feedback through the great – I don't know what message board you're a part of, but I actually do want to talk about that, but in the second episode because we've got an email relating to that. But I've gotten some feedback that basically – some of these categories people aren't as excited about as in our previous podcast. People felt like the previous podcast, they were really running the gambit, like some teams are good, some teams are bad, and people are feeling some of the categories here weren't quite bringing enough uh, variance, you know? And so I crunched the numbers, Joe, and I found the data sort of backs this up. Basically, according to the data, there were four categories that basically the variation between the best score and the worst score are very, very small. And Joe, two of those categories have already been eliminated. So road to qualification, you basically gave the same score to each, although we Mm -hmm. only did that for two. Mm -hmm. two. Then history with the U.S. men's national team, there was very little variation. Because basically, I think for you, how do you rate these categories when there's very little there? Now, Joe, there's one category that has even less variation than either one of those we've done 11 teams the lowest score you've given for this category is four and a half the highest score you've given is eight joe rate the group i think rate the group is just not a good thing for you to rate it's not interesting enough the the worst group and the best group and literally we've rated every group but one so clearly to you the worst group and the best group just aren't interesting enough for you Number two, the second group with the lowest variance is rate the kit. We've gone through 11 teams. You've given the lowest three and a half and the highest eight. And this one, you've given like over half of them a seven where you're just like, good kit, whatever. I propose to you, Joe, we should eliminate both of these categories because there's just no fun in rating them. You, you can't, there's just not enough variance in the, the categories to be interesting. Whew. Okay. Well, let me let me make a quick counter proposal. I think the group is at least worth mentioning in a passing way, and I think that we need to like include it as just a sort of mention in the too good too bad road to qualification omnibus category. World Cup history and Yeah, that just that 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 sort of their chances of advancing in this World Cup are part of that. Absolutely. And and again, one thing to note is we've literally already talked about seven out of the eight groups. So if somebody really is interested in our thoughts on the groups, it's already in a past podcast. And yeah, and I'll just I can hash out what the group yeah. is in that category. You know, no problem. Because because if if you know there's still some bad teams left, and if we talk about those groups and those bad teams 
even if they're only a mediocre team, but they have a 30% chance of getting out of their group or 20% chance because they just happen to be in a bad group. Well, that's different than one who has like a 5% chance of getting out of the group. But okay. Absolutely. So you, you include that there. The other thing is I like I like to look at the kit. Maybe it's not worthy of its own category, but maybe it's something that we can add into like the visual pastiche of like our talking about the fan culture. Because part of fan culture is what colors do they wear? Like what do they look like out there? You know what, Joe? That's a great – because to the, your point about both things, actually, I it's I find it very interesting to look at the kits, see what the teams are. Because, like, when I watch them on TV, I want to be like, oh, I know that. That's yes. Serbia. But at the same time, especially – and I notice this when editing, you do struggle to give them ratings. So I think that's a great idea. Put it in as part of fan culture. We'll talk about it. We'll, we'll say what Yannick says about the fan culture. Then we'll pull up a picture of the kit, and that will help. And we'll describe the kit a little bit, and you can – Include that in there. Done. And then boom, Done. we've eliminated Done. two categories, Joe. Not coincidentally, the two of the categories that you do the research for. Well, I don't do any research for <laughs> either of them, actually. I mean, rate the group, I literally just copy and paste what I've already done in the past. And rate the kit, I do nothing because we just look it up on the fly. So, yes, two groups. are. And by the way, everybody is loving the food and couponing in my non-message board situation but again put a pin on the message board that's going to come up in the second half second half of this double header because we have an email relating to it i'm interested to learn i i'm i'm in suspense but <laughs> that's all of my business i'm very excited we've eliminated two categories take those out of your deck joe everybody shout for joy uh you do you have any business joe are we ready to get into denmark I do have some exciting business, but I do. I, I think I want to wait for the next episode to talk about it. I'd like to get into Denmark at this point. All right. Yeah, we'll save that. I'm, Boy, now this is really in suspense. Poor for the people listening to this. They're going to have to wait for me to edit I the will, other one I to will get just, this up. I will just preview that our, our, our skills at picking have been requested on a different topic. Well, is it your skill in picking? I haven't picked anything, Joe. Well, I, I need your help picking this thing. But okay, let's let's we'll save that for the next episode. Although actually I guess I did famously pick the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl winner in our Whatever. last podcast. That was like you picked the two most favorite teams to win the Super Bowl at that point. Yeah. Well why didn't you pick it, Joe? You were blinded by your love of your Panthers. Yeah, I'm sorry that my Panthers are a lot better than your Washington football club. Yeah, well, I didn't pick the Washington Football Club to win the Super Bowl, now did I? And you know I think, what? I think at the point we were picking, I think they were already eliminated from <laughs> from the playoff contention. Sneak preview, I'm not going to pick them next year. But I, <laughs> I might pick my resurgent San Francisco 49ers. I'm, I'm all about the 49ers now. Anyways, <laughs> Denmark, Joe. Let's Denmark. learn a little bit about this country in a section I like to call Homeland Handbook. The name of the people, a Dane, a group of Danes who are all Danish, as Joe previously spoiled. Thank you, Joe. Languages, Danish, Faroese, Greenlandic, an Inuit dialect, and German. But get this, English is a very common second language. Mm. Religions, Evangelical Lutheran is the official language at 76% of the population and the capital city, as Sean mentioned in his trip report known for their slow pour beers and delicious aquavit, Copenhagen. Or maybe Copenhagen. I don't know. 
I, I can never understand what those little dots mean. Joe, you have got to guess the chief export of Denmark. Okay, so Denmark is quite a bit physically smaller than many of the countries we've talked about. So I'm going to say it's probably not agriculture uh, or anything related to like large swaths of farmland. Um, I what? Okay, what do we know about Denmark? There are Danish is like a breakfast food. There's Danishes. Ooh. There's Ooh, wooden I could go for shoes, one of those right now. I know. Nice isn't, cheese Danish. Isn't that Sweden? But but they're called Danishes. Are they, the food or the shoes? Oh, oh I, I thought, thought the were, shoes I, I are called clogs Danish. or something. Yeah, I think those are Danish. Maybe aren't they're they Swedish? Maybe they're Norwegian. Hmm. Oh, maybe they and are then, Norwegian. Aren't aren't windmills Danish too? <laughs> it's a big export, Joe. <laughs> I don't know how you would actually maybe it's like like windmill parts. But it might just be sort of Lumping together Scandinavia, but, but I said it once before with a Scandinavian country. I'm going to try again. I believe it is fish. Survey says. I, I kind of knew that was wrong. Joe, this is spectacular though your ability to say the correct answer when you're eliminating things is really amazing oh my god it was windmill parts wasn't it <laughs> it's windmill parts joe. are you fucking kidding me joe and the other one the second one but i want to start with that so this is unbelievable i i mean i was Literally have it written here. So their number one export is <laughs> heavy machinery for electricity generation. Oh, and my God. Literally, they are one of the world's leading exporter of those giant wind turbine things that That's go up. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah. And, in fact, not only do they make the turbines, Denmark is a net exporter of electricity because they produce so much electricity. And their second biggest export is Get this, pork. Wow. How about this? So I'm going to do this, both this one and the Nigeria one. I've got little uh, little bits of information about the exports because I've got some little interesting tidbits here. And here we go. For more than 100 years, the production of pigs and pig meat has been a major source of income in Denmark. The Danish pig industry is among the world's leaders in areas such as breeding, quality, food safety, animal welfare, and traceability creating the basis for Denmark being among the world's largest pig meat exporters. Approximately 90% of the production is exported. This accounts for almost half of all agricultural exports and for more than 5% of Denmark's total exports. About 4,200 farmers produce 28 million pigs annually. Of these, 20.9 million are slaughtered in Denmark. You know, I have to say, I'm I'm glad that I didn't actually say windmill parts because it's so obscure that people i think would think that i had cheated it, it's a it's a ridiculous thing to even say <laughs> and it's amazing that it's correct but pork also would have been acceptable you said they weren't much of an agriculture which is true i guess but i mean i think yeah no, i know i i think of of like the 
meat producing mammals that we grow or that we like farm or whatever harvest no what's the word with with animals slaughter whatever um eat <laughs> i think pigs are like the most confined right well, I would assume in America they are probably, because we're a very unhappy nation, but I would assume in Denmark they're probably running around and really happy. In oh, they're like free-range free range pigs. I got it. I yeah, got it. I hope so. Yeah. It um, would be really sad if Denmark was like all the people were really happy because all the pigs were really sad. Yeah. Maybe it's like, uh, it's like there's an inverse correlation. The sadder your pigs are, the happier your people are. Well, then I guess American pigs are super happy, which we know is definitely not true. So, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do wonder if there's ever going to be a point where the Danes figure out how to combine the two. Like, could you get electricity generating pigs? When pigs fly, Joe. Yeah, there you go. Boom. Joe, there are 32 countries in the World Cup. Where does Denmark rank in population out of those 32 nations? Um, you know, I don't really know, to be honest. Uh, I mean, I haven't known, I haven't are known you, any Are of you them. just not entering a guess? Are you just no, resigning? No, 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 no I'm just... forfeiting? This is... I'm, I'm being transparent about my thought process here. I haven't really known any of them, but I've at least thought I've known many of them. Um, you knew some of them. I'm gonna... I'm gonna... I have no feel for, for Denmark, but I'm gonna just guess... It's small, I think. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess small. So I'm gonna guess... That it is smaller than how big was Sweden? Where was that? Can you tell me that? Is that uh, allowed? Uh, it is allowed, but I don't know. Okay, I think it's I think it's in like the Sweden range. So I think I'm going to guess on the smaller side. I'm going to go twenty five. Twenty five, Joe. That's right. Yes. I mean, it's not exactly 25, and I think one of the other nations was exactly 25, though I don't remember. Our super fans on this message board that you're going to talk about in the next episode (laughs) might be keeping track. (laughs) But it is number 27, Joe. You are within two. That's correct. Yes, they're 27 out of 32, coming in at 5.7 million people, and they are the 114th largest nation in the world, though, of course, number one in happiness. Number 114 in population. There might be an inverse correlation between those two things, actually. But there you go, Joe. That's pretty good. I'll give you one and a half out of two, which for you is really, really good. I'm hitting out of the park already. Yeah. All right, Joe. Let's seamlessly go into category number one. Too good. Too bad. Road to qualification. World Cup history. And, of course, the group. So, let's start with the World Cup history. Denmark was first in the World Cup, first made the World Cup in 1986. And what a good start they get to. They win their group with three wins. They're 3-0. and In the round of 16, they face Spain, but then they lose 5-1. to Oh, bummer. Next time, they make it back in 1998, four World Cups later. They're finished second in their group behind tournament host France. They make it to the round of 16 again. They play Nigeria, the second team in today's oh, doubleheader. How about that? that? And they win 4-1. to one. Look at that. They make the quarterfinals in their second ever World Cup. Unfortunately, they play Brazil, and they lose 3-2. to two. But hey, look at that. Quarterfinals already in their second appearance. They make it in the next World Cup, 2002, win their group again, a group that had France and Uruguay. I don't know what the betting odds were, but I'm sure they were not the favorite to do so back then. But then in the round of 16, they play England and lose 3-0. In 2010, 
They finished third in their group, don't make it, and uh, they didn't qualify in 2014. So certainly in the 1998-2002 era, they were pretty good, uh, but haven't uh, made it out of the group since, or you know they haven't qualified for a few of them, but they're back in it this year. And how did they get in? Well, in UEFA qualifying, they were in Group E, with Kazakhstan, Armenia, Romania, Montenegro, and, of course, a team we've already talked about, Poland. And if you remember the Poland episode, we know that Poland won the group, which means Denmark must have finished second in the group, and they did, and they go to a playoff. They came into the playoff as the third team, third out of eight, so they get matched up randomly, and they got matched up with Ireland. I don't know what the betting odds were, but I'm assuming they were the favorites coming into it. Anyways, in the first leg, they play the first leg at home, And they play to a nil-nil draw, which probably is a very disappointing performance for Denmark. So they go on the road to Ireland, and they fall behind immediately as Ireland scores in the sixth minute, and Ireland's up 1-0. But then Denmark scores five goals in a row, including a hat trick by a man named uh, Christian Eriksen. And they win 5-1, and of course 5-1 on aggregate, and... Into the World Cup they go. And let's see, where what group are they in? Well, they end up in Group C, a group we've been to before very early on in our podcast with Australia, Peru. We know we have some super fans in Peru. And the episode we're doing next week, France. So the odds of them getting out of the group, they are the second They're the second favorite in the group. France is, of course, the favorite in the group. But Denmark is second favorite. They have about a 60% chance to get out of the group. They've got about a 25% chance to get to the quarterfinals, a 11% chance to get to the semifinals, a 4% chance to get to the finals, and a little over a 1% chance to win the World Cup, which puts their odds at 80 to 1, which is the 15th best overall of all the 32 teams. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. I, I, I think Denmark is is getting close to a a little bit of a sweet spot on the too good, too bad scale. I mean, I think uh, they. You look at those odds. I mean, they a twenty five percent chance of making the quarterfinal is pretty, pretty decent. Um, but obviously, a huge long shot to actually win it. So you'd be really banking on just having a good tournament where they. Um, you know, go a few games deep into the knockout stages, um, which I like. I think, you know, obviously when you compare them to some of the really great teams you talked about, there may be a little bit too bad and there is still the chance that, um, you know, Peru or something ends up getting that second slot, which, I mean, you know, sort of assuming France gets the first slot. So I am going to say just a little too bad, but, um, but getting close to the sweet spot, let's say seven and a half. Seven and a half. Ooh, good score. They're, they're already starting out very happy with that score, Joe. Like, I can't depress the Danes. I mean, I mean, if you keep the Danes out, you might knock them back to number three on that. <laughs> and we know they all speak English. They could become super fans. Absolutely. Dan, you ready to see what? Categories next? Okay. I'm ready. Okay, we have category six. Fan culture and kit. So here we go. 
from Superfan Yannick. Let me introduce you to the opposite of the hooligan, the rolligan. Danish fans who are all well-mannered yet cheerful. <laughs> Classic Danes. The Danish seem like a fun bunch of people. Their greatest invention is the clap hat, a hat with hands. Danish national team always seems to choke. Oh, I don't know about that. The Chargers slash Falcons of the World Cup, he asks. Uh-oh. But they seem to perform well when they are the underdog. Background story. The Danes only qualified for the Euros 1992 because Yugoslavia was denied entry due to civil war. The Danish players were called in from their summer vacation completely out of shape and won the Euros. In night. Wow, it's impressive. They're rivals. And they won? Oh, my God. Wow. I, I actually... There's a another thing which I came up on the Nigeria research, which is insane, where one team, their entire team died in a plane crash, an African team, in like the mid-1980s or something, or maybe before that, and then they created a new team on the fly, and that team like won the like African Cup or something, like did well in the African Cup. Just crazy. Because they were they they had like spirit. They were playing for their fallen brothers. Yeah, but I think you come in from summer vacation. You're probably you're you're certainly happy. You're feeling good on all that pork you've had. You're ready to play. I think all the other teams put too much pressure on themselves. And <laughs> anyways, rivals. Sweden is the rival in everything. It's like fighting your brother. Apparently, we already talked about it in the Sweden episode. Germany. We are neighbors and have had some good matches, oh, including the finals of that Euro 1992. Oh, that's why Yannick knows it so well. But he says, but honestly, in Germany, nobody sees Denmark as a rival. <laughs> Their chance, V er rode, V er vide, which says, we are red, we are white. Wow, that could be a little uh, foreshadowing yeah. for the kit. Last but not least, Lars the Lord Bentner, national hero, public enemy. No matter what you think of him, he is a fucking legend. And he included a picture. Are you sending me a picture? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I googled it. I don't know what it is. I just sent you a picture. That's the clap hat. Oh, look at that. Yeah. All right. That's red. That's white. There are hands coming out of the hat. I like that. That's nice. Now, is there a way to control the hands? Like, is there some kind of, like, mechanism to make the hat clap for you? I think if you did become a Denmark fan and you went to the World Cup, you should, like, have, like, robot arms in there that are making them clap. People would be very No, I impressed. mean, I actually think that the idea of a clap hat is a really good one because have you ever been, like, at a sporting event or, like, whatever where clapping was appropriate but you have, like, a soda in your hand or, like, a hot dog or something? I'm trying to think of any time where clapping is appropriate. I feel like a cheer is very appropriate. I'm not sure about a clap. But sometimes you want to clap along with your cheer. Mm, I mean, not if I'm holding a beer or something. What if you're at like a tennis match? Mm, like really like the polite clap is really the way you cheer. Mm, I still feel like cheering. I, I feel like even in golf events, which I've been to, like golf has a, a clap named after it. But I still like feel people cheer more than they clap. The clap hat. I mean, the, the, the cool thing about the clap hat is that if you Google search clap hat, the Danish clap hat is what come up. I mean, this really is a thing that the fans have. Well, when I search for it, one of the hits I see is a Jeb Bush hat. Yeah, because he told people to clap. It says, Jeb, please clap. <laughs> uh, Jeb should have worn a clap hat. I can't believe he was our hope to be Donald Trump. What an, uh, what an idiot. <laughs> I know. Um, look, 
the number one thing we want with fan culture is distinctive fan culture. Uh, like, like, I just like the idea of the Danes being this like super pleasant, friendly bunch who are so nice that like their, their biggest piece of accoutrement is like a, is a, is a ridiculous hat. Oh, look, I found one that it has a little string out of it. And if you pull the string, yes. they, they clap. That's what I want. That's what I want. I mean, I, I, I think it's a good invention. Absolutely. Anyway, let's look at this kit. This kit is the kit is red. Yeah, so as we it, sneak peek, it's red, it's white. It, it's a bit uh, Serbia-ish, I would say. Very, very similar. It's a little Serbian. There's actually a cool little um, like thing happening on the stomach here. Yeah, it looks like a Buddha or something. I think it's. I think it's like a. It, I think it's Darth Vader sitting on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I think it also is kind of like that guy from Kill Bill who trained the the uh, who trained her. Oh, so it's like a samurai. Yeah, you see, he's got like a like a wispy beard. There's definitely a beard and like a sword across his lap. Yeah, yeah, I think it's that guy. What is that thing? Yeah, I don't know, but I will tell you. Don't ask our super fans. Uh, other than this super secret message board you know about, they they don't like responding to free form questions. <laughs> All right. Well, so I mean. I like the samurai, though it doesn't it doesn't scream Danish to me. But it's it's just an interesting choice to have a samurai on the belly of your like national kit. I support it. Uh, I also support the clap hat. This is pretty fucking good, to be honest. That clap hat is really speaking my language. I'm gonna say nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Wow. So Joe. Are you telling me that if I got you a box and you open that up and a clap hat were inside, you'd be happy? I mean, look, th- this is about me picking a World Cup team. I would buy the fuck out of a clap hat if I picked Denmark as my World Cup team. Uh, I would wear that thing all the time. Now, Joe, it is canon that when you became a Panthers fan, you have a Panthers visor because you don't like <laughs> covering up your hair. Do they make a clap visor? <laughs> now, the, I think that's the innovation, Joe. That's our million-dollar idea. Well, when I uh, search for clap visor, it's it seems to be some kind of medieval ha- helmet that may be called the clap visor. <laughs> hmm. Well, I think we can SEO that. I think we can get to the top. Yeah, lots of uh, medieval helmets here. Uh, all right. Well, nine out of ten. This is great. And look, we've done our our two first combined categories dan yeah, this is great i mean we're practically already done category 11 dan Ooh, sean's favorite the national anthem thanks to super fan fans emeritus tony phd der er et nindicht land <sighs> i probably botched that third word i'm sorry it is y-n-d-i-g-t indigit I don't know. Y-N-D. No, that's not That's not a complete word. Translated into English is, there is a lovely country, is one of the national anthems of Denmark. Origin story. The lyrics were written in 1819 by Adam Schlager and bore the motto in Latin. Ile terrera mihi praeter omnes angulus ridet. The corner of the earth smiles for me more than any other. When I look Wait, at the name of the corner. Danish national anthem, it looks like a jumble. 
It really does. Like, like, if I put that in a newspaper, I'd be like, oh, cool, let's do the jumble. It sort of is like red tear. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You'd be like, oh, there's definitely an ING in there. <laughs> <laughs> the music was composed in 1835 by Hans Ernst Kroyer. When first published, the national anthem had 12 verses, but this was shortened to the first, third, fifth, and last verse in later editions. In common use, only the first verse or stanza and the last three lines of the fourth verse are sung. The first half of the last verse is rarely heard. The last line of each verse is repeated once. Hope you all were taking notes on that. I don't know if we're listening to the full one or the abridged one. Lyrics are all about national beauty. This there is a lovely country. It stands with broad beech trees near the salty eastern shore. It bends itself in hill, valley. Its name is Old Denmark. That country is still lovely because the sea waves so blue frolic and the foliage stands so green. Fun facts. Bonus. Denmark is one of only two countries in the world, the other being New Zealand, with two official national anthems. Wow. Kong Christian is the royal anthem of the Kingdom of Denmark. It is also it also has equal status of national anthem together with Der Er et God damn it, Tony. Though it is almost exclusively used in relation to the Danish royal house and the military. The theme of the song is the heroics of Danish sailors during the wars against Sweden in the seventeenth and eighteenth centuries. It's fucking Swedes. Goddamn Swedes. Sweden did go through, Joe, so there could be an epic Denmark-Sweden if Denmark makes it through and the seating lines up. Anyways, two for the price of one, Joe. Let's listen to anthem number one.
I assume that was not the abridged version. God, I should hope not. All right, Joe. What? You've, I don't know if it's going to help or hurt the score, but here. Here's the bonus anthem, Joe. Our anti-anthem haters are really loving this. Here we go. Two for the price of one. Let's do it. There you have it. Well, I spent the last 40 minutes that I was playing figuring out a good anagram for this uh, <laughs> for this national anthem. And the one I, I got was uh, Trendy trendy Elder Dating. Hey, look at that. Trendy Elder Dating. Yeah. Elder Dating's all the trend, man. I, uh, maybe Gotta, that's the, the million dollar idea. We make an <laughs> app that's like Tinder, but exclusively for the elderly. And it's called Trendy Elder Dating, also known as TED. And uh, yeah, all the, all the oldies can download it. I'm not sure if they if swipe. No, I think they can swipe. I think actually swiping is like perfect for the elderly. Swiping is a very arthritic friendly hand motion. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, Dan, you know I, the thing I have to say about both those national anthems uh, is there were two, and there wasn't a clear favorite, but they were both kind of downers for like what's supposed to be a happy country. You know, like, that's a very good point. So many of the other national anthems that we've listened to, I think you and I have described them as either like very marchy, like they're, they're, they're marches, 
uh, or very jaunty. Yeah. And this was really neither. Or they're like, just, are they like operas that, that have like different emotional yeah. parts? It wasn't an opera. It wasn't jaunty and it wasn't marchy. I couldn't march to this. No. It's kind of like a prayer, but like a bad prayer. Like one yeah. of those ones. Yeah, it's like that, a hymn. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. a hymn, yeah. And I'll tell I'm you, gonna, Joe, much like in the NFL, where if you've got a team with two quarterbacks, you might think, oh, that's great. No, that's terrible. Mm-mm. You want Mm-mm. one quarterback. I think this is the same situation. You don't situation. want national anthem controversy. Yeah. No, I don't like it, Dan. Two out of ten. Two out of ten. I think it's a fair score. I think they were both terrible. Sorry, Denmark. Trendy elder dating. I mean, they're probably happy because they when they somebody was like, all right, three lines of one verse, one line of the last one, boom, in and out. And everybody, because it's like a functioning country, everybody was like, yeah, great idea. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next up, Dan, Category 8. Category 8, Joe, your favorite, the celebrities. Yes. Wow, look at this, Joe. Well, for such a tiny little country, we've even got not one, but two honorable mention. Wow. The first, Lars Ulrich, the drummer of Metallica. Uh Uh-huh. Second, Bridget Nielsen. An actress. <laughs> Not a lot of information on her. So this is all he wrote. He just said actress. <laughs> all right. And maybe right, she's right. so famous we should know who she is. I'm looking her up. I want to know if this is someone I'm aware of. No. I, I. Oh, it says Danish actress. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen her before. Mm-mm. Oh, she was I mean, in she looks Rocky, like Rocky IV. Mm. I don't remember Not that familiar one. familiar with it. Not familiar. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into the let's get into the medals. Let's get to the podium here. The bronze medalist is Mads Mikkelsen, an actor. Oh, love that guy. Oh, good. I have, I have no idea who this is. Mads Mikkelsen is a Danish actor who gained international notoriety for his role in James Bond, Casino Royale, as the villain Le Chiffre. Other notable films he has appeared in are Doctor Strange, Star Wars Rogue One. Oh, hey, I saw that. And yeah. The Hunt which was nominated for a multiple independent film awards for a multiple. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, he was also Hannibal Lecter in that show. Hannibal Lecter. Really? Oh he, yeah. He was, he was creepy. He's got more. Mickelson played the accountant in Rihanna's bitch. Better have my money music video in 2015. He is a Ritter equivalent to a knight in the order of Danabrog. And apparently your information. He was in the TV series Hannibal. I mean, this is our first Star Wars level celebrity. Which uh, character is he? Was he like the 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 father scientist guy? Yeah, he was the father scientist. Oh yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah, and that's the bronze medalist as a Star Wars actor. Joe, did I even tell you that I saw that movie? Uh, no, but we no. Well, the last time we talked about it, you hadn't seen it. I know, yet. I know, and we I said, hadn't seen it, and I, it. I saw it like a month ago. And I found it a very, very interesting movie. It's good, right? Well, okay. For anybody who hasn't seen it and doesn't want to hear spoilers, skip a forward one minute. Okay? Uh, better make it like like four minutes. Four, yeah. Well, we shouldn't talk about it. But basically, I didn't know what I was getting into other than the fact that you said it was good. And it was like... I have never seen a movie where I got to the ending point and I was like, 
oh shit, like every single person's <laughs> gonna die. Yeah. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. No, there was a point where well, I mean, it was when the robot died because the robot was so likable. Oh, my like, God. I love like, well, that well, if the robot. robot's going to die, they're all going to die. That robot was so good from start to finish. It was a good movie, he, but it was very confusing that, at first. Yeah, I mean, I think that it was not like a totally like crisp movie. Like there was a lot of weird like, wait, which planet are they on? And why is that guy like yeah. breathing through a tube or whatever? And like there was not like you could tell that they had reworked a lot of the beginning of it. And it wasn't super coherent. But – from from the point that they like leave the rebel base and become rogue one and like go rogue to the end of the movie is like the best in my mind like one of the best like 45 minutes of star wars ever yeah it was cool but i I always do find i have like two notes about the movie for the first i'll say the positive a the whole movie as like a retcon for the the weakness in the death star is awesome is like is amazing, right? When that happened, like when I saw that part of it, I was like, "This is so cool!" Because it's like they're just like sticking their nose at all the Star Wars nerds. Who are like, why would the Death Star have a? I don't, what's my nerd voice? Why would the? De- nah, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. Why would the Death Star have <laughs> such a glaring <laughs> flaw? You would think they would have figured that out, but yeah, that was great. Well, and it gives it gives us all hope that one day there is going to be a fantastic movie retconning a few of the problems with the most with the last jedi which yeah. which we we both like but, but recognize <laughs> spoiler but recognize well we don't have to say what they are but like yeah. we both enjoyed but recognize that there were things that that you need a you need an explanation for if if it's going to make logical sense going forward yeah but my second note is just i love how in all of these movies they're like filing systems are always the most ridiculous <laughs> things. <laughs> like insanely like Rube Goldberg like machine. A like. tube that's like going straight up that nope. Like as an engineer, you design things. So like when they break, you don't have to like hang down in a tube that goes like <laughs> infinity deep. If like, like you have like stairs and filing cabinets and like organizing and you don't use like, like oh, suctioning I mean, no, things. D- don't get me started on the fact that like you, this advanced universe with with sentient droids and like light speed and they haven't invented the cloud. They're literally <laughs> like they're like we need to open up a portal so I can airdrop it to Princess Leia. But by like, the way, does- every hard drive is compatible with every system. You pull one hard drive out of any random system and you immediately stick it oh, into the radio yeah. transmitter. Which there is no the rebel no, radio transmitter. There's no DRM in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> <laughs> or like the Empire radio transmitter works perfectly on the like Rebel machine, and it's just like, up, oh, we've got the uplink. Great, send it. I mean, I mean, why, why do they like? Why is Princess Leia at the end like, or like, why are they running around with like a floppy disk? I mean, I get that that's <laughs> yeah. kind of like from the first Star Wars, but like, but like, they have not invented cloud technology. Let's I just know. let's just ponder that for a moment. It's amazing. Then, okay, now what did you think of like the that it? wasn't just sort of like a prequel but it was literally a prequel that led up to the opening moments of star wars a new hope what did you think about that uh, i saw some people i i read afterwards that some people thought that was controversial when i watched it in time i basically when darth vader was like the thing is in star wars you don't actually see darth vader do any like cool shit so oh uh, he, yeah, he i was totally just agree with what you're saying doing yeah. cool shit and it was just like oh my god darth vader like when he wants to is like a monster and uh so that was cool and then you know the getaway you know it was fine i i I had no opinion on seeing uh princess leia as like whatever like cgi leia yeah Yeah. 
I thought it was fine. Yeah, I, I thought it was, you know, whatever. Good movie. No, definitely. Good, big thumbs up, I'd say. I, I should watch yeah. it again sometimes. I'm sure I'd pick a lot more stuff up, especially in the beginning when I was a little confused by who the characters were. It's on were. Netflix, yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> Silver what are we talking about? <laughs> okay, yeah. That's the bronze. Okay. Spo- let's hear. Spoilers <laughs> let's out. Right, spoilers are done. Vigo Mortensen is a Danish actor, producer, author, poet, and photographer. This oh my god! Man, I love Viggo Mortensen. Of many talents, is well known for his role as Aragorn in the Lord of the Rings film trilogy. Mortensen has twice been nominated for the Academy Award for Best Actor in 2008 for Eastern Promises, and again in 2017 for Captain Fantastic. Have you seen Eastern Promises? I've I've, I've never even heard of that. Have okay, so he I've did his back to back Captain Fantastic. He wasn't nominated. I don't know what. Oh, Captain 2017 Fantastic. is last year. Okay. Damn. Captain Fantastic is a made up movie. Um, I've never heard of that. But Eastern, he did back to back movies with the same director whose name I don't remember, but it was Eastern Promises and History of Violence. And they are both really fucking good movies. Hmm. What's it about? History of Violence is sort of like this guy who, I mean, it sounds cliche, but, but it, but it isn't at all who like, who basically like, has like some version of amnesia, but was like a um, train killer. Okay. So whatever. It's really good though. And then Eastern promises is about like the Russian mafia and uh, human trafficking. And he's sort of like, um, I like hitman for the Russian mob. It's great. Interesting. So he's big into the violence. Yeah. But they're like very, like very like well stylized movies. They're good. I recommend them. His David right- Cronenberg is the, is the director. Hmm. His writing and poetry have appeared in 17 published works, and his other film works include Carlito's Way, Portrait of a Lady, and Appaloosa. Not on Twitter. Mm. Also, I forgot, Mads Mikkelsen has 63,000 Twitter followers. So far, I'm loving these celebrities. Not verified, though. Mads Mikkelsen. What what does a a guy got to do to get verified? He's He's not verified? Yeah. That's crazy. But the gold medalist is definitely verified, clocking in with 3.1 million Twitter followers. The gold medalist, she has earned over $29 million in winnings over her career. The current number one ranked women's tennis player, the gold celebrity from Denmark, is Caroline Wozniacki. The 27-year-old tennis star recently won her first Grand Slam title at the Australian Open last month in a very, very exciting final, I might add. In 2017, she won the WTA Finals to finish the year ranked number one. She made it to at least the quarterfinals of each Grand Slam event. Wozniacki is sponsored by Godiva, Adidas, and Rolex. She is set to appear in the 2018 SI Swimsuit Edition for the first time in her career, and she is currently engaged to David Lee of the San Antonio Spurs. Oh, wow. So, Dan, you're a much bigger uh, tennis fan than me. Why Why is this the gold celebrity? Well, she's she's been very famous. So she was in a famous sports athlete romance with Royal Rory McIlroy for for quite a long time. They were like a an international sports couple, and then like Rory McIlroy dumped her over like Twitter or something, oh, and she brutal. became everybody was like very sad for her, and she was like, "I'm I'm fine. I'm cool. I'm like a super hot international star. Like I don't need fucking Rory yeah. McIlroy." And then she went like Roy, Rory McIlroy's life like and career basically have gone in the pits since they broke up. I mean, he's had success here and there, but he was at his peak like b- 
before or maybe right after they broke up, but now his career is bad. Her career is on this unbelievable rise. Her entire career, she couldn't win a Grand Slam. She kept choking, kept choking, kept choking. And then this year in the Australian Open, she finally wins. And she was like down and out in that final two. And she comes back. It's really amazing. I mean, she's like, could be a supermodel. She's, you know, millions and millions of dollars in endorsements. And, you know, she's going to make millions and millions of dollars of endorsements for the near future. In addition to the fact that she's still number one in the world, she's awesome. And upgrading to David Lee is a real fuck you to Rory McIlroy. Because David <laughs> Lee, though, he's not like a basketball star. He's like six foot seven and could like beat the shit out of Rory McIlroy. <laughs> Dan, these are great celebrities. This is, this is, I'm, I'm all in. Eight and a half. Eight and a half, yeah. I mean, you're not even accounting for the small size. Like the celebrity density Ugh, is huge. Oh, we should move on because otherwise I'm going to keep upgrading this. All right, let's let's get hit that three hour mark, Joe. Category nine: System of Government, Head of State from Fans Emeritus. And that's the only time I've used that correctly in the history of this podcast. Bez <laughs> and Ryan. The Kingdom of Denmark has, despite its relatively small size, punched above its weight internationally. Vikings raiding from Denmark and other Nordic nations changed the course of the 9th and 10th century European history. In the Middle Ages, the Union of Kalmar united all of Scandinavia under Danish leadership. In recent times, Denmark has developed a highly competitive service-based economy with high employment levels and a generous social security system. The Social Democrats led coalition governments for most of the post-war period until the 1980s, consolidating the country's liberal reputation. Although concerns at high taxation levels and tension over immigration have put the center-right in office for several long periods since then. Denmark is a parliamentary democracy, a constitutional monarchy, and a decentralized unitary state in which the monarch, Queen Margaret II, is head of state. Refreshingly, Danish politics is known for all parties trying to agree on important issues rather than the divisive politics seen in many other Western countries. Such, such, a, such a pleasant people. I know. They, the word bipartisanship, they don't even need that. People are just like, yeah, let's just agree on important things. They don't say across the aisle. There is no aisle. They're just they're, they're holding hands the entire time. <laughs> so great. <laughs> Executive power is exercised by the cabinet of Denmark, the Regeringen, and presided over by the prime minister, the statsminister. Ooh, I like that. Legislative power is vested in both the executive and the national parliament, the Folkentinget. Denmark has a multi-party system with two strong parties and four or five other significant parties. No single party has held an absolute majority in the Folkenting. <laughs> Butchering this, but I'm so sorry to our new Danish fans. Since the beginning of the 20th century... Since only four post-war coalition governments have enjoyed a majority, government bills rarely become law without negotiations and compromise with both supporting and opposing parties. Hence, the Folketing tends to be more powerful than legislatures in other EU countries. The degree of transparency and accountability is reflected in the public's high level of satisfaction with the political institutions, while Denmark is also regularly considered one of the least corrupt countries in the world. Hey, I said that in my intro. In a world where all too often we see a hurtful fight between left and right, Denmark leads the way in cooperation and compromise. And let's learn more about this head of state, Queen Magritte II of Denmark. She succeeded to the throne in 1972. Why you might like her, Joe? She's an accomplished painter. 
whose illustrations were used in the Danish publication of The Lord of the Rings books. Applauded for her sense of style. Very high approval ratings. A very hands-on queen, attending weekly meetings with the government and writing her own speeches. Why you might not like her. A rabid chain smoker. However, since 2006, only smokes in private. Other facts. Her husband was bitter about never being named the king consort. His title is still prince consort and has refused to be buried next to her. Oh, wow. I like that. He was then diagnosed with dementia and is currently very ill. So <laughs> he's starting. Ryan's starting to regret that he put that in there. <laughs> I mean, where, where are they going to bury him? Just in some random place? Or is it like just like one spot over maybe? Unmarked royalty grave. I mean, you know, all this talk about how great Denmark is with bipartisanship, I feel I I've gone from feeling like Denmark is this happy, pleasant place to like a utopia to like I mean now they're just lording it over us. <laughs> oh boy, Joe. The classic narrative. Build them up and then collapse them down. I mean, don't you feel like 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 Denmark is too good to be true? No. Seems very. Is pleasant. this a real place? Yeah, it's so far from our current reality, Dan. Sometimes I just want to get with other people and just be like, "Can't we just be reasonable?" But no, people don't want to be reasonable. But again, this is a country that has like super high tax rates, so people have clearly agreed. People just have different values. Like people in America have these ridiculous values where. You know, we care more about manufacturing guns, and it's like, in Denmark, what do they manufacture? Wind turbines, Joe. Ugh. All right, yeah, Denmark's making me sad now. But they do slaughter a lot of pigs, so if you're a vegetarian, they're, they're a horrible, horrible nation. Uh, I mean, I guess it's a pretty great system of government. I don't know. I'm, I'm getting depressed by Denmark now. You're having happiness fatigue. This is a problem. Is the world's happiest man actually the world's least happiest man? Mm. Think about that, Joe. That's the follow-up article. Pitch it to the New York Times. <laughs> I mean, I when don't want to. I don't want to say anything about Ari's dad. But if you can't buy him any gift to make him happy, what's the point? Yeah. If 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 you've reached the peak of happiness, I mean, it can only go down. Only go down. Uh, yeah, let's give this a uh, 7 out of 10. Thankfully for this podcast, we have not reached the peak, so there's always a gl- there's always a hope. Yes. We yes. could do a podcast under one hour. That's not going to happen. We keep eliminating categories, but I feel like we're just taking longer with the, gigs than the <laughs> other categories. Absolutely. That's, that's 100% what's happening. All right. 7 out of 10, but only because it's bumming me out. Yeah. You're having happiness okay. fatigue, as I said. Category five. All right. Well, category five doesn't exist, but we're going to make it category three. Food and couponing. Coupon is pronounced coupon in Danish. Love it. They have Groupon and various other deal websites. Denmark is considered one of the unsung culinary powerhouses in the world. What a surprise, Joe. Another positive, another great section for Denmark. Having the top-rated restaurant in the world for the past four years, Noma. For the everyday, every meal people, it's all about smorlbrod. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Do you say top-rated restaurant in the whole world? Yes. Ugh, they even get that. Yeah. Whatever, Danes. Smorlbrod. 
It's an open-faced sandwich generally made with rye bread, butter, meat or fish, and vegetable or seasoning for toppings. How do you spell that? I want to look at it. S-M-O with a line through it. R-R-E-B-R-O with a line through it. D. I hope your keyboard has one of those O's with a line through it. I just drew a line on my on my monitor. Butter can be substituted with any type of spread, like liver postage, liver pate being a popular one. Preserved meats and cheeses are popular, hearkening back to the Viking days. Denmark. Oh my god, this is going to be great! This is going to be great for Joe picks a sandwich. Sorry, keep going. Denmark is the world's leading pork butcher, so it's no surprise that roast pork. Flesh, fleskesteig, and bacon is popular, as well as meat and seafood, especially kot torsk, poached cod. Now, when people talk about amazing high-end restaurant, farm-to-table eating, and all things pork, you can assume they're not talking about Brooklyn, but about Denmark. Wow, Emily, it's like a <laughs> advertisement for Denmark. <laughs> sounds like a sounds like a travel writer. I love it. Yeah, I mean these s'more broads look great. Number one restaurant in the world. Ooh, they have that the couponing look down. Good. And it doesn't look good. It looks like it it, it 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 almost looks like a Danish version of a bagel with like a like a nice spread on it. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Except for the problem is I hate rye bread. Some of these look fabulous though. The toppings look so good, I think I could get over the rye bread. I know. And there's one with like kiwi and strawberries on it, so you can have like a sweet mm. s'more broad s'more broad. Well, it looks like you can order like a smorabrod smorgasbord where you get like, like a taster plate. Yeah, you yes. get like five different ones. Mm-hmm. Like five mini smorabrods. Yeah. Ooh, that looks good, Joe. Whew. These look great. They know how to coupon. Um, Too bad I you're mean, Jewish, like, Joe, and can't eat that delicious pork. I know. I can only stare longingly at it and smell it. Uh, let's say, uh, you know, this is a seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. All right. Joe, look at that. Only two categories left since you eliminated all the bad ones. Okay. Category seven. All right. Atrocities. Fan Emeritus Josh PhD. I'll leave out the Vikings, which means Denmark is pretty well behaved. Surprise. Protective of the country's Jewish population during the Holocaust, Denmark was the only Nazi-occupied country that really resisted deportations. Though the story about the King of Denmark wearing a yellow star in support of Denmark's Jews is apocryphal, many Danes did in fact actively oppose the Nazi regime. More recently, there's some tension over accommodating refugees, so that's not ideal, but by and large, the country is good. He puts the atrocity level at your favorite pepper, Joe, the bell pepper. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to say about this? They, they, they help protect the Jews. Like, I mean, come on. It's... It's like a nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Jesus, they're t- too bad they can't. I mean, they're just cruising. They're cruising. They can't right now. smash the absolute record because I've eliminated too many categories. But their average is like very good right now. But they've got uh, one category left, and then the drink. So let's just go to it. The top player to watch from. Oh, hopefully it's not. Oh no, Joe. It's another Juventus star. No, it's not. Of course, it's not. It is Casper Dolberg, who plays for Ajax Amsterdam, 20 years old, plays center forward, 
Good at shielding the ball. Knows how to use his body. Decent technical skills. A poacher. He scored 30 times in 69 appearances for Ajax. He was discovered by Danish scout John Steen Olsen, the same scout who discovered players such as Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Victor Fischer, and, that's right, Joe, Christian Eriksen for the Dutch Capital Club. Has been linked with multiple European top teams in the past and will most likely leave Ajax this summer. And your beloved FIFA 18, his skill is 76 with a potential of 85. David rates him a 6 out of 10. Yeah, he's great in FIFA. And also, you know, I mean, here's the thing about Dolberg that I really like is that just the odds of him becoming a striker at Tottenham Hotspur are so high because... So you're familiar with this guy. Absolutely. He's on like the young players that like a lot of Tottenham fans see as potential signings because we have... We've signed a lot of players from Ajax, including Christian Eriksen, including uh, Jan Vertonghen. Is is Christian Eriksen the best... Danish player? By far. 100%. I'll get to that. I'll get to that. But just talking about Dolberg, like, like, it would not surprise anyone in the football world if he were to sign as sort of Harry Kane's backup um, this summer. That would not be a shock to anybody. And uh, that would be great. And on top of that, I think this is the first team, Dan, that we've talked about that has a significant, I mean, not just significant, one of the top, you know, five stars of Tottenham Hotspur as their best and most important player. I mean, I, I guess it must be because the other ones would be South Korea, which we're doing soon, and then England. England, which, of course, there's a ton of English players, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, though England has, well, we'll get to it when we talk about it. I mean, South Korea is like number one now on your list. He's doing every goddamn thing he can to try to drag you to victory. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I love Son. We'll, we'll devote a good couple minutes to Son, but, but, but I love Erickson too. I mean, Erickson is the player that, you know, when we talk about like, um, how we spent and in some ways misspent, but, but mostly not. The Gareth Bale money. I mean, Erickson is the one that you're like, oh, and we got Erickson for like 15 million pounds or whatever. And it's like, it was an amazing signing. Erickson's been great. He's a focal point of the team. Uh, you know, if I'm being overly critical, unlike other players, he can like disappear every once in a while. But I love Christian Erickson. Uh, and definitely for me, he's a player that I will absolutely root for in the World Cup, whether I'm I'm rooting for Denmark or not. Is he the one who had some close calls in that game? Uh, he did have some close calls in that game. I don't – was he the – it's too soon to talk about that game. Yeah. I can't do it. All right. I can't do it. Oh, that header off the post, man. Oh, my God. Well, he was offside, so that would have been bullshit anyways. But uh, Anyway, um, this is a really great category for them too. Uh, eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Wow, Joe. Only one category left. The drink. What do you think about that Aquavit? I think it's great. I mean, I like a nice spice liquor. I think it's, um, you know, I used to drink this in in San Diego with my um, with my Swedish heritage friends, the Carlsgott family. Uh, so it kind of takes me back to that time. Um, you know, it's a good drink. What do you think, Dan? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sipping it slowly. It certainly it goes down smooth. I will say, whatever taste it has is like complex. I I wouldn't say it's necessarily like pleasurable, but I don't think it's it's bad. I mean, I I would I would rather drink the Polish vodka than I would drink this. But you know, Uh, well, I still haven't tasted this. This mythical Polish vodka. Yeah, it's good. I even had some with Marcelo, and Marcelo really enjoyed it, too. Oh, I can't wait. All right. No, this is good. This is good. I'm going to say six and a half out of ten. Six and a half out of ten, which puts their final score at 64 and a half. But that's meaningless. What matters is the average, which is 7.19, which, shockingly, is not the highest average. The highest average is Argentina. At 7.68, but they are the second highest. They really, really got hurt by that the weak double national anthem. That they choked on the national anthem. Yeah, they. Yeah, and, and look, as fair Unforced as fair could be, error, yeah. it was bad. They they should have done something about it. Maybe Tony should have given us an abridged version, the like 45 second one, but. Either way, they were great in every other category. No, it's not on Tony. It's on them. The Danes got to work on the national anthem. Everything else is great. You're right. Sorry. I, I'm sorry to be smart Tony. He's it's just doing his job. He did a great job. The Danes are great in everything. But you know what? I, I like the fact that at least something's bad. They got something to work on. You know? I think as a people, they should get together in the whatever the hell their legislature is called and say, we need to update this national anthem. We need to pick one, stick with it, update it, shorten it. Yeah, and you got to pick one. You can't have two. Let it reflect the happiness that we feel. Have Mads Mikkelsen record it. You're all good. Ooh. Yeah, get some of those stars on it. I mean, come on. Oh, it could be like one of those, like um, one of those, like like star, like th- those, like star studded, like um, uh, uh, fundraising, like we are the world. Where, you know, <laughs> Yeah, like we are the world. They get all those Danish stars and they just sing a song together. That'd be Boy, great. Boy, I wonder if Caroline Wozniacki can sing. She can do everything else, Joe. I mean, that's what autotune is for. Yeah, it's true. All right, Joe. To give them give the old skull. Get them through to the next round. Yeah, skull indeed. Denmark absolutely moves on. And we definitely have to milk whatever or, or rig the system so they're matched up with their bitter rival Sweden in, in the round of 16. Or, or maybe Absolutely. even in the semifinal. Well, we got to make sure they're in the same quadrant, however it shakes out. All right. Wow. That was exciting, Joe. But anyways, coming up next on this doubleheader, which you should not send feedback about, but nobody's sending feedback about any of these teams because I think all of our super fans are doing all the research, so they're, they're sort of uh, researched out. But anyways... Their feedback is coming in, yeah. Yeah. In fact, don't send us feedback about the future teams. Just send us feedback about random nonsense or about the podcast we've done in the past. So that's good. So if you have anything to send, send it to worldcup at joepixpod.com. By listening this long, you're now a super fan. Go to joepixpod.com slash international lounge. There, I guess we're not going to have a poll question in this one. This one's already too long. We'll figure that out in the next one, which is going to be Nigeria coming up soon to your podcast feed. But uh, for now, I think that just uh, settles it on Denmark, Joe. All right, Dan. On to Nigeria. All right. See ya.